Hello, my pretty sisters. It is yet another episode of the When Marriage Hurts podcast. So this is episode number 14 and the topic is, is God really unquestionable? That's what we're going to attempt to answer today. Is God really unquestionable? Um, We've been taught that God cannot be questioned, should not be questioned. We've given him this title of unquestionable God. Um, So we're going to take a critical look at that mindset of viewing God as someone that cannot be questioned. And we'll see if this is working for us or if it's actually detrimental to our faith in God. So this is one episode that's going to gonna definitely change the way you see God for the better. All right. So hang in there with me and I will see you on the other side of this. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. so welcome back welcome back my sisters um we're definitely going to be shaking some tables on this episode um so if you're if you're kind of uncomfortable with that i would implore you to get comfortable (laughs) get comfortable we're going to be shaking tables that you've been standing on possibly for years But it's for a good cause, right? Like we all want to strengthen our relationship with God. We all want to strengthen the faith that we have in God. So whatever it takes to get to that point, we should be willing to let go of our comfort and possibly let go of whatever beliefs and thoughts that we've held on to for so long that have been detrimental to our faith and stands in our way of truly knowing God. Okay, so like I said in the intro, the topic is, is God really unquestionable? How questioning God strengthens your faith in him? Huh, my sisters, this is a, I don't even know where to start from, okay? (laughs) Religion has taught us that God is this mysterious being that should never be questioned or else you could get struck with lightning. I know that's not exactly how they say it in church, but if you grew up in church like I did, you would agree with me that 
you definitely got that sense of God is someone who cannot really be trusted. Now, everything they're going to tell you is that, oh, trust in God. You need to love God more. You need to trust God more. Um, but at the same time, you get conflicting messages that really makes you think, I don't know, this God they're talking about, is he someone I should really trust? Is this someone that I can really love? Does he really love me like they say he does? Oh, sure. He did, you know, send Jesus to die for my sins, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Like, I can't even ask him questions. I just... How do you even relate to someone you can't ask questions? That's very dysfunctional. That's not a relationship. So... You know, the kind of person that I am, I was that kind of child that would just ask adults in my life difficult questions, right? Like, why does the moon follow us? Well, the moon isn't really following us. It's just, it just seems that way. Well, it looks to me like it's following us and I want to know why. (laughs) I was that kind of child, right? Um, for anyone who has young children, you can probably relate to what I'm, what I'm talking about. So I always, always asked questions, which is a good thing. The reason we try to shut down our children when they ask us questions that we don't have the answers to is because we don't recognize that asking questions is a gift that God has put on the inside of us. Wanting to know why things happen. It's a gift. It's not It's not from the enemy. It's from God, actually. And there's a reason why God has put that on the inside of us. And it's a shame that society tries to silence that in us. Right from an early age. They try to shut us down. Anyway, that's that's a topic for another day. I don't want to get sidetracked. So we're talking about questioning God. I feel like when I say the phrase questioning God, some people, I don't know, maybe your heart just goes bam. Maybe you just have this uncomfortable feeling in your body, right? Because you've been programmed for years to think that questioning God is sinful and to some extent even dangerous. And it's because we've come to see God as someone who has a hunger problem, essentially. Like if you question him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you wish you never questioned him. My sister, that is not the God that we serve. That's not the God that created the heaven and the earth. So we... In order to answer this question of is God really unquestionable, we have to look at an aspect of God's nature as revealed in scriptures, as revealed even in the life of Jesus. Now, the scripture says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. So if you're ever wondering what God is like in whatever kind of um situation what god would have done 
If it was God in my shoes, what would he have done? How would he have responded? Just look at Jesus. There, there are very few things in life that we can see an example of in Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was never married, but if we just look at how he treated people in general, then you can know how you ought to treat your spouse and how your spouse ought to treat you as well. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Was Jesus someone that people could not question? Like when Jesus walked the, the earth, were people able to question him? Were people able to ask him questions? And how did he respond to that? Did he shut them down? Or did he answer, actually answer their questions? Did he open up to them? Or did he simply ignore them? Now, I'm not going to dispute the fact that Jesus kind of ignored some people. If you read through the Gospels, he did ignore some people and for good reason. <laughs> um, but there were people that he did not ignore. And that's not because he liked some people better. No, he loved everybody, but he responded to them differently. And it always had to do with their hearts. You know, the 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 their motives i should say yeah it always had to do with people's motives for asking him questions so if they were asking him questions just to trick him then he responded in a certain way if they were asking him questions because they really wanted to know then he would respond in a different way and that is just god for you now, God might walk in mysterious ways, but he's not mysterious in the sense that he cannot be understood. No, God can be understood. Do we need help in understanding God? Yes, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. But he can be understood. We have the word of God. We have the life of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in us to help us understand him. So did people question Jesus? Yes. Did Jesus take offense at people asking him questions? No. The disciples, I'll give you a few examples. The disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't heal the boy that was tormented by an evil spirit. So there's a there's a portion of uh, in in the gospels where a father brings is um, essentially demon-possessed son to the disciples, asking for help, asking that they help cast the the evil spirit out of this boy because the boy was being tormented. Sometimes the, the demon would throw him in the water, in the fire, and all those things. And, you know, the father was just desperate for help. And the disciples could not cast out that demon. And Jesus had to come. And Jesus casted the demon out and the boy was completely healed. And the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And Jesus never said, please don't, don't ask me questions. I'm kind of tired right now. I don't have time for you. No. <laughs> no, Jesus answered them. There was another time in, this is in the book of John, I believe in uh, chapter 9, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, if you've never heard the story, you want to read the, um, chapter 9. It's very, it's a wonderful chapter. But 
the background of what happens in the whole of chapter nine is that there's this man that just sits by the wayside begging for money because he was blind right and Jesus and his disciples were passing by and the disciples asked him master who this guy here that's blind he's been blind from birth like why why is it why did this kind of thing happen to him is it because his parents sinned or was it due to the man's sin which I mean that question in itself is like a whole other topic right because how could someone sin right from the womb right (laughs) so it's kind of interesting that it's just human nature. When, when something bad happens to you, people think religious people would want to have you believe it's because you are living in sin or you have some sin in your life, right? There's nothing new under the sun. It's always been, people have always thought that way, right? As you can see in Bible times, the disciples were asking Jesus, was it this man's sin or was it the sin of his parents that made him blind from birth. They asked Jesus that. These days, religious people would have you believe, ah, no, don't question God, don't ask, ah, you lost your family member, you lost a parent, you lost a child, you lost whatever, you lost a spouse. Someone dear to you died. Just accept it, though. It is God that gives and takes. Don't question God. Don't cry. This is all religious garbage. It's nothing rooted in scriptures. God actually wants you to ask him questions. That's how you learn more of him. So they asked Jesus, why... Was this man blind from birth? Was it due to his own sin or the sin of his parents? And Jesus could have said, well, why are you asking such a question? Don't you know that God can do whatever he wants and nobody can question him? No, that wasn't Jesus's answer. (laughs) Jesus actually answered them and let them know that he he, he had nothing to do with the man's sin nor the sin of his parents. So when looking at Jesus to understand the nature of God, can you see that I'm giving all these examples and not for once have we seen an example where God strikes a person dead because they dared to ask him a question? Another example with Jesus is when he was speaking with the Samaritan woman. And this is, um, you can find the story in John chapter 4, right? Jesus is speaking with the Samaritan woman and the woman asks him, why are you speaking with me saying that I'm a woman and I'm a Samaritan? And if you, if you have no idea why she would ask something like that in those days, just like we still have today in, in some ways, women were not, they were considered second class citizens. They weren't considered equal to men in any way. So for a man to be having a conversation with a woman, it wasn't even like it, it, 
it was something out of the ordinary. Especially someone he wasn't related related to. And then being a Samaritan, that's a whole other story, right? Like the Jews and the Samaritans were like, they just had nothing to do with one another. Like the Jews looked down on the Samaritans and, you know, like when we talk about racism in today's world, essentially it was like that. Like the Jews and Samaritans had a thing against one another and the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. The Samaritans disliked the Jews and they just didn't have relations so this woman is, she's a woman and she's a Samaritan to had insult to the injury. And Jesus is having a conversation with her. So she's kind of surprised. She's like, why are you even talking to me? <laughs> like, is it that you don't see that I'm a woman or you don't understand that I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew? Like, why, why are we even having this conversation? And Jesus doesn't take offense Jesus continues to have this conversation with her. Like, why didn't Jesus just take offense and be like, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm, you're not even happy that I'm, I'm talking to you. You're not even happy I'm having this conversation with you. I'm out of here. Like, how dare you ask me such a question? No, that wasn't Jesus' response. <laughs> Jesus actually answered that and continued to have a conversation with her. I don't know. Should we look at another Jesus example? Yeah, let's look at Nicodemus. This, I believe, is found in John chapter 3. If I'm not wrong. See, if um, if I tell you a chapter and you don't find the story, just Google the story, okay? <laughs> you will find the Google will tell you exactly where to find it in the scriptures. But I think Nicodemus' story is in chapter 3 of the book of John. Nicodemus is a religious leader, right? He's the guy that should be answering people's questions on things that pertain to faith. But he himself was unsure of so many things. And he came to Jesus by night. Essentially to ask him questions. Like Nicodemus didn't come to Jesus for dinner, okay? He didn't come... For a dinner party, he didn't come for a visit. He didn't come for what he came solely to ask questions. That was the whole point of, of him coming. He didn't come to just pay Jesus a visit and then he had a few questions along the line. No, he, the entire purpose of his visit was to ask Jesus questions. And it's like, you know, I'm a religious leader and all that, but I've been, I see all that you've been doing and I know that God sent you. I know that God is with you because no one can do these things except God is with them. And he starts asking Jesus questions like, what do you mean by being born again? What, what's that? Like, that's just, and Jesus gives him answers. Jesus isn't like, please get out of here. Who do you think you are asking me questions? Do you know who I am? No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus actually took the time to answer his questions. So what does, like all these examples that I've shared, what does it tell you about God? 
if we if if the scriptures tell us that Jesus is is the express image of the Father, if Jesus himself told his disciples and told people when the disciples asked him, "Show us the Father," he said, "You've already seen me, and you're asking to see the Father. Like if you have seen me, you have seen the Father." That's what Jesus told his disciples. So while, like I said earlier, while God can be mysterious in the sense of his ways are mysterious or his ways are past finding out, blah, blah, blah. That's really in the context of his ways are not our ways. Like the way we see things, the way we think about things, the way we approach things is different from how God sees things, how God approaches things. And how God thinks. So he's not mysterious in the sense of, oh, you could just, you could never know what God is doing. Or you could never ask him questions. Just keep quiet and be good with whatever does, whatever God does, whether good or bad. No, that is what the devil wants you to believe. Because the devil knows that once you cannot question God, once you cannot ask God questions... Your faith is going to be destroyed. The enemy knows that. See, the devil doesn't mind you going to church. He really does not care. As long as you are not growing in God, the devil is as happy as can be. As long as you only live this life of let me just go to church and shut up my mouth and try not to piss God off. The devil will be perfectly happy with that. But when you start asking God questions, when you start going to God with your concerns, when you start going to God with the things that hurt you, the things that make you cry at night, and you open up yourself to God and say, God, why is this happening to me? Do you know who actually gets upset? It's not God. It's the devil. The devil gets really nervous when you start having that kind of a conversation with God. Now, I know that this is this would be. It's a tough message to accept for so many people that have been marinated in, in false religion, disguising as Christianity. But what I'm telling you right here is the word of God. It's not something from a church manual. It's not something from a devotional. Straight up Bible. So let's Let's really think deeply about the beliefs that we've held for so long and start bringing that, like start looking at what's in the scriptures and see if it matches these beliefs that we've held onto for so long. Beliefs that have held us in bondage. Beliefs that are rooted in fear. The word of God says there is no fear in love. And of course, we know that God is love. It says there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So any belief 
that you've held on to, that's been given to you by religion that you've held on to for years, if it's producing the fruits of fear in your life, it is not of God. It is not of God, though. And that's why, personally, you know, this whole concept of calling God the one who is unquestionable, the one that cannot be questioned, like, it, it, it really breaks my heart when I see people going through some really difficult stuff in, in, in their lives, where they are losing family members to death, where they're losing people to, I don't know, like people close to them are dying maybe from disease or from whatever the cause case might be, or maybe they lose a child and, you know, just this, this events in our lives that can be life shattering, even divorce can be life shattering, right? You know, getting to coming to that revelation all of a sudden that the person you've been married to for years isn't who they've actually pretend pretended to be for years. And I remember for, for me when I when I when my eyes became opened to what was happening in my marriage, when I saw clearly for the first time that not only was my husband going to repent of his evil ways, but I saw that the person I thought I had fallen in love with, the person that I thought that, oh, he has a lot of good in him and he just doesn't know that he's hurting me. When my eyes became opened and I realized that, no, I fell in love with a fantasy. I fell in love with someone that deceived me and now is showing me his true colors. When my life unraveled before me and I saw that this, I've spent a whole decade with someone that has deceived me and damaged me. That was hard to swallow. That, I can't even describe to you the pain that came with that realization. And I had to be open to God. I had to go to God and be like, God, why? Why did you let this happen to me? Now, did God command me to marry him? No. <laughs> Marrying him was a choice, just like it's a choice for everybody. We all make choices of our marriage partners. God doesn't command us to marry somebody, but that was just how I felt at that point in time. Like, God, if you love me so much and you saw me marrying somebody that was going to do this to me, why did you not stop me? Why did you not let me see this 10, 11, 13 years ago? And I went to God and I cried and I asked him questions. I would have conversations with God like, God, I'm just so upset right now. Like, I'm so angry right now. And those are the kind of conversations I have with God. Though. 
and not only has he not struck me dead i my my relationship with him has blossomed i kid you not blossomed god is not <laughs> god is our father is our father and we need to see him as a father to have a relationship with him god god wants god loves you and he longs for you to know him as a father not just as god not just as lord not just as your savior but as your father a loving father for those of you who have young kids you know how they always come to you with questions if you have young children that do not ask you questions it could be because you have shut them down <laughs> and if if that's a thing that that you've done then you need to repent of that and try to build the relationship with them again to know that it's safe for them to come and ask you questions that is just what children do by nature they have so many questions as they are trying to navigate life as they are trying to to figure things out and they will always come to their parents to ask questions and god wants us to do that to god wants us to have that kind of relationship with him too god cherishes that authenticity all this religious nonsense of let's not question god let's just take everything like that let's not that's not what god actually wants that's not something that brings him joy that's not something that pleases god god wants you to bring your questions before him he wants you to bring your pain that thing that you are hiding in your heart that question that you have in your heart that anger that you have in your heart towards god because you feel like god is the one that has brought you this pain you feel like god is the one that has brought you this attic you feel like god is the one that has brought you this misery you have all of that in your heart but you don't want to say it out you don't want to voice it out because religion has taught you that if you do that god's going to strike you it is a lie from the pit of hell god wants you to bring it before him so as i was saying earlier when people have things happen to them bad things happen to them society and the church teaches them that they should just what keep quiet and keep it moving just thank god oh just thank god bible says in everything thank god true the bible does say that to have a heart of gratitude but that doesn't stop you from bringing your questions before him that doesn't stop you from venting yeah god doesn't mind you venting it is what you do at the end of the vent that matters do you walk away from god or do you draw closer to him 
it's not the venting that's the problem here. It is what you do with it. It is what you do after the vent. And that's why even though I'm Yoruba, when people address God as KBOC, it's just something that I don't I don't jive with. Now, for people that are not Yoruba or don't speak or understand Yoruba, KBOC is is a way Yoruba people address their kings, their traditional rulers. And what the word KBOC means is literally the literal meaning is the one that cannot be questioned or there is no questioning you and that's that's a term that a lot of people have sort of embraced now and used to address god and say oh in fact there's been songs written about it you know kbc and all of these things and i'm not saying you shouldn't address god by that i'm not saying it's just my personal <laughs> it's my personal preference. I choose not to address God as KBOC. Now, does that mean that he's not king over my life? He definitely is. But for me, I just can't ignore what that term means because it means there is no question in God. And that's that's not rooted in scriptures. Because not only can God be questioned, he wants to be. Because that's how he can answer the questions that bother your, your your heart. Even when you don't get the kind of answers that you want or the kind of answers that you expect. God still wants you to present it before him. He still wants you to bring your pain, your anguish before him. He doesn't want you to pretend like this religious people want you to. The only person that wants you to, to pretend and, and act as if you are not in pain is the devil. Because he knows that's going to mess up with your idea of who God is. Now, KBOC, like I said, is, is a term used to address kings in Yoruba land. And... Even when you think about that, you know that that's not, you would understand, you might not agree with me, but at least you would understand why I choose not to address God as that. Because traditionally, the people, the earthly kings that are addressed as Kabiosi, they are not like, the kind of relationship they have with the, with their people is not like the loving father kind of relationship that God has or wants to have with us. The Kabiosi kings are truly kings that cannot be questioned. Like traditionally, you could lose your life questioning a king. You could lose your life questioning the 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 decisions that a king makes. Even in the scriptures when we read the story of Esther, Esther was married to the king. But there was something she said about, like Esther had to fast and pray before going before the king to table a matter. 
at a time when nobody was supposed to appear before the king without being invited. And that's why that popular phrase, if I, if I perish, I perish, was because even as the wife of the king, she was putting her life in danger by appearing before the king without invitation. So that's what earthly kings, that's what they're like. And God is completely not like that. So that's why I struggle with using the term Kabiosi for God or Kabiosi for God. Because the people that are referred to as Kabiosi are people that can really not be questioned. And a lot of us see God in that light. And the message I'm bringing to you today, my sister, is that God is a loving father, not a Kabiosi. He wants to interact with you. He wants you to bring your pain to him. He wants you to bring the everything you're feeling on the inside of you. He wants you to let it out. He doesn't want you to suffer in silence. When you don't let it out before him, you do not give him a chance to heal you. And the devil knows that. And that's why he comes at you through religion to say, oh, don't question God. Because he knows that in questioning God, you open up the door of your heart to him to heal you. He's your father and a loving one. He wants to be known by you personally. Not through your pastors, not through your ministers, because that's what we do. When we hide all this pain, when we don't want to ask God questions because we don't want to question God, we just put him at arm's length. And we try to experience God through our pastors, our geos, our bishops. And God is telling you today, it's not by accident that you're listening to this podcast. God is telling you today, I want to know you. I want you and I in a relationship. I want you to know me. I don't want to... I don't want your pastor coming between us. I don't want your geo, your bishop coming between us. I don't want you to always have to experience me through those people. Yes, I have called those people to ministry. I have called them to be a blessing to you. But I haven't called them to replace the relationship that I want to have with you directly. Okay. So... Um, this is a, it's, it's a very packed topic that we're not going to be able to uncover everything in this episode. We're going to continue next week where we'll be looking at the life of um, a few other people in scriptures. So today we talked mostly about Jesus, right? And how he responded to people that asked him questions. Well, next week, we're going to be looking at a couple of people in scriptures that actually questioned God. Yeah, there are people, believe it or not, there are people in scriptures that I'm not talking about just asking random questions now, like people that were going through pain and questioned God and were even angry at God and took that anger to God and questioned God in that manner. 
and we'll see how their stories turned out and how God responded to them. So we'll be taking a look at that next week. Um, it would be a part two of this uh, series. And until then, I just want you to always remember that God loves you so much and nothing is going to separate you from his love. Not your anger, not your pain, not your anguish. Nothing can separate you from God's love. I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week ahead. Know that you are loved and you are cherished. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts When Marriage Hurts and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.